Hi, I'm Libby Trickett. This is All That Glitters, a podcast where I sit down with the world's best retired athletes and explore the transition from the bright lights of competition to the real world. Today's guest is Commonwealth Games gold medalist Megan Nay. And she's showing why she is the national record holder. And let's see if she can get under 20855. Yep, she will. She will indeed. It's a 20741. Well done to Megan Nay. She'll be delighted with that. And the Aussies get their first win of the day. <laughs> so, how have you been? Yeah, I've been pretty good. Yeah, because yeah. you're in Dubai? Um, yeah, so in, based in Dubai and then going in and out of Europe. Amazing. I in home two days and I'm like I'm ready to go back. Wow, that's awesome! <laughs> so yeah. And so what are you doing over there? Uh, so my partner got a job, so he's um, got a really good job over there. So he's and I just kind of was like, "Do you want to go for an adventure?" So yeah, we're going on a little adventure, traveling, and there's lots of expats. So so many expats. And I kind of friends over wanna, there. Yeah, I kind of want to do like a little swim school. Um, Expat swim school. Oh, amazing. Yeah, it's because I've had so many people reach out already, so I'm like, okay, I'll okay. do it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I'm back for some commentating stuff at Age and Opens. Awesome. Yeah, which I really, really enjoy. Yeah, cool. well, I love you've, it. you've been doing that for a couple of years Just now? one. So I did it last year. And you I just, was like, okay, well, that just shows how good you were when you stepped into that role because it, it looks like you have done it yeah, forever. Yeah, I think it's like something that I – didn't know that I really liked and I really enjoy it. Like it feels, I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. So how did you kind of get that opportunity? Uh, so they asked me to do age nationals um, mm-hmm. just as like a special kind of um, guest commentator and then Britt Elmsley actually pulled out because it was like during COVID. Ah, of and they're like, oh, do you want to do full time? And I was like, oh, I was I don't really, I haven't really done this. Yeah. And then I just ran with it, loved it. Yeah. Like, absolutely loved it. It's amazing. It's easy when you know kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hope, hopefully I sound like <laughs> I know what I'm talking They'd, about. You know, it's fine if you don't. They won't know. Most yeah. people won't know. So, um, but no, I got some good feedback and I just, I love learning. So mm. listening, I don't really like listening to myself, but it's a good way to learn. Mm. Listening and then seeing what I can do better. And then, yeah, this time... Com game trials, age nationals is it's big, it's hard work. Yeah, um, they're big days. Yeah, and pronouncing some of those names, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. It gives you an appreciation for what uh, those commentators do oh. at like Olympic level. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I got to work on my pronunciation for sure. So, so. take me back. How did little <laughs> Meg Zine? <laughs> how did she get into swimming? Um, swimming, well, I'm one of four, so I pretty much got dragged around. Are you the youngest? Yeah, youngest of four. There you go. I think, well, must All have the best just, the well, must have just stopped at the best. Yeah. So that's what I say. <laughs> they stopped at perfection. Well, mum did call me a mistake, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. A, totally a pleasant okay. surprise, perhaps. Yeah. So, um, but my dad swam for 1972 Olympics in Munich. So, um, mum's a learned to swim teacher. I guess it was kind of um, fate maybe. I don't know. I just – I didn't really start swimming maybe till I was about 12 though. Oh, wow. Um, so I That's did – pretty late. Yeah, I was like late bloomer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my sister did surf lifesaving um, and I started nippers at under 12s and then I was like, well, if I want to be good at something, then I've got to train. Mm. Um, so I just did two or three times at Southport Pool and then just – Literally from there, it just got better and better each week, each year. And then 
was like, okay, if I want to really take it seriously, I've got to commit seriously rather than do surf life saving. So I chose chose swimming. Yeah. yeah. What made you choose swimming? Because surf life saving on paper is much more interesting <laughs> than swimming up and down a black line. A black line. Um, I think the biggest thing was, um, you know, the Olympics. Mm. I think swimming has the Olympics and what, you know, I couldn't dream of a better thing to compete at. And, mm. I mean, surf life saving is great, but it's I thought I could always go back, um, you know, and I don't like leaving anything up to luck, whereas surf is, you know, someone can catch a wave and you can it's be so doing the luck. same thing. And then with swimming it's like a – you either make the team or you don't. You either You're win a the gold control medal. Freak like me, it's I know. Cool. I get it. I <laughs> you get either it. win the gold medal or you don't. <laughs> yes. So black line. Yep. There are lane ropes. No one is touching yep. me. No, and there it's all waves. You know, it's all pretty even. You got suits. You know, it's, and it's how much you put in. Yeah. Um. So Olympics was the big draw card, and bloody hell, I was like pretty happy to go to two. So mm. I yeah did a childhood dream, which is amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. So when you were kind of first getting started, because I I find that quite interesting because I think a lot of, particularly parents these days, think that their kids need to be... Superstars. Yeah, from a really young age. Yeah, from 12. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, because I grew up, obviously, we grew up with like watching Liesl Jones and she was 15 when she went to Sydney Olympics and my one of the things that I say all the time was that Lisa was doing 10 sessions a week at the age of 10, which, you know, <laughs> look, for me, too intense. <laughs> and Lisa might agree or maybe yeah. she doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, you know, do like 12 is pretty late to kind of get started. Did you yeah. do all sports or you just weren't really into sports? Or you uh, just no, I did. I tried everything. Like I used to play touch football. Mm. Um, like I was good at swimming. I was still winning like age champion at school. So I knew I was, like, pretty good at swimming. You I knew just, you had talent. Yeah, like, I was like, okay, like, I won that, mm. but I just didn't really train that much. Um, and mum really encouraged me to do kind of all sports. Mm. And I think <laughs> it was just a joke. Like, mum didn't know any of my PBs, <laughs> so she wasn't really a pushy parent. <laughs> she wasn't a classic swimming mum. No, she wasn't a swimming mum at all. Um, but I think it's really – like I say to kids now, like you've just got to enjoy it. Like mm. if you're doing 10 sessions or even eight sessions at such a young age, then it's a longevity sport that it's a long way um, and you're not going to enjoy it when you're, you know, 16 and your body is probably prime, mm. you know, for developing into a, a professional athlete. So I think I like to just say to people, like, just don't take yourself too seriously. Yes. Try everything. Um, and with parents, like don't live through – like your child. What? We're not supposed to live vicariously <laughs> through our children? Sorry, baby. <laughs> your kids are never swimming. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but yeah, I just say like have fun. And I mean, I didn't start till 12. So, mm. and I always felt like on the team, like I was a late, like a late person. I was, you know, competing against Seabomb and she was, you know, world champion at 15 or 16. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, I'm so far behind. Mm. But in the end, it let me go a little bit longer because. I didn't start till a little bit later, but everyone's a bit different. So when did you think that you had the potential to make an Australian team then? <sighs> Not for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually was swimming with Doug Frost, so Thorpey's old coach. Oh, really? Yeah. Like he was like my first kind of real um, – I trained with Steve Clark before that, really enjoyed, and then Doug came along and he was probably the first coach to actually – kind of just plant the seed of like hey like if you train you know pretty well like he 
believed in me. And I think when someone believes in you, yeah. kind of it really, you start believing in yourself. Especially external to your family because yeah. like they're just meant to believe in you. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're kind of obliged they're, to believe yeah, in you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For the most part, yeah. the family believes in you. But when you have someone external say to you, hey, I think you could be good. Yeah, so that was – and then I – made the decision of um, moving. So then I trained with Glenn Baker on the Gold Coast as well and I made the really hard decision to go, well, if I want to chase my dreams, I'm going to have to move programs and I ended up with Bowley at St. Peter's. And What year was that? Oh, I just turned 18, so it was like 2000. It was 2007 at the end of 2007. Yeah. The Olympic year was 2008 and I didn't have – I mean, it was like a goal, like, yeah, let's make the Olympic team, but real like, – realistic I didn't think I could make it but then I started training with Bowley and it I should have gone there a long time before but everything's meant to be I'm a big believer if it's meant to be it's meant to be and yeah I I really connected with Bowley and yeah he took me through my whole swimming career so Mm. obviously I chose the right one which is good but um yeah it was it's it was a bit of a process to make that first I made a junior team and then I made an Olympic team after that, so yeah. <laughs> there wasn't yeah, really too much in between. Your first senior team was an Olympics. Olympic team. Yeah. Like, what was that like? Oh, it was like one of the most stressful things of my life because I'd been training really well and I didn't really think I could make it. I was like third or fourth, I think, maybe fourth. And there was two really good 200 backstrokers, Fran Adcock, Joe Fargus. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't think I can don't think I can beat them. I was like the new kid kind of on the block. And then I went down and I've been training like really well mm. and I went down to um, Olympic trials and I pinched a nerve like before my 100 backstroke um, in a warmer. So ideal <laughs> so, operation. And I was like, Bolly, like I can't lift my arm. Like what? what's happened? Anyway, pulled out of the 100 um, and had a court, like two quarter zones and a local just to swim in the 200 backstroke. Wow. Um, but – yeah, swam, broke Nicole Livingston's 16-year-old record, made the team, did like a four-second PB. It's insane. Yeah, and it was my first, it's like first senior team, first Olympic team. So I think that it had lots of, lots of lessons in it. Um, and I was like, well, this is it. So, and then I think someone always used to say to me, like, it's usually harder to get off an Australian team mm. than to make it sometimes. And I was like... Well, that was pretty easy. So <laughs> that was easy, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wanted to stay on. Like, you know, I wanted to stay on the team for ten years or so. So it it kind of became addictive after that. Mm. What did that feel like? Because you mentioned your dad made obviously the Olympic games yeah. as well for swimming, and he passed away in what year was that? Oh. You I was three years old. You were three. Yes, yeah, so like ninety-one. Away. Yeah, yeah. So, what did that mean to you? It was pretty cool. Like, like I have no memory of my dad. I have. I think I have one memory, but like I have no, you know, kind of conversation. I I couldn't, you know, talk to him about swimming or anything like that. So I probably didn't know anything different. But I like it was pretty cool. Mum gave me his like good luck towel. So oh, she like wow. kept this towel and it was like his good luck towel. So I got it before I swam um, at the 2008 Olympics. And so that was like, that was kind of a bit of a moment like, wow, like that really kind of mm. like hit home a little bit. So 
Um, and when I swam the 200 backstroke at trials, I remember we had, had a massive party afterwards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and I just – that was like a cool kind of realisation that, yeah, like I, I, I pretty much followed in his footsteps and, um, you know, it's like sad but happy. I mm. think you've got to celebrate it rather than going, oh, like I'm a big positive person. So I think I look at the positives of – you know, I was so lucky to be able to follow. And, mm. and yeah, it's sad. He, I can't celebrate it with him, but I just know that he'd be super proud and I get to kind of experience the same thing that he did in 1972. So just a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> what What did your mum say when you made the Australian team? Was uh, she? Mum doesn't, mum's a very, she's a woman of few words. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she, um, she's, She's German as well, so she's a little bit stubborn sometimes. Um, and she just didn't know if it was a good time or not. Um, she didn't really know if – She like, knew you won. Yeah, she knew I'd won and I'd broke like this strain record, Commonwealth record, and she was like, was that good time? Like, was that awesome? I'm like, Mum, Farah, I went 2084. Like, this is awesome. Um, but, yeah, she didn't – she just gave me a big hug and Mum's a bit of a crier, so she didn't stop crying. Um, which is bless her, and yeah, I think she was just really proud. But I don't think she expresses; she w- probably won't say it to me mm. as much. Um, she might have, you know, say it to someone else, but um, to me, she was yeah, good job, <laughs> good job, good job. <laughs> but I was, you know, super lucky that my family, like my mum and my two sisters, followed my swimming career all around the world. Mm. Um, so they were always there, which is. You know, that's a dream. It's pretty cool when you look up and see your family like you'd know and mm. it's um kind of makes you feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So. so when you went to compete in Beijing, because you, you ended up like your first Australian team, you made the final and came seventh. seventh. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not a great spot. Oh. <laughs> seventh is like a – Seventh is like what, a – You weren't uh, going for seventh? <laughs> no. Seventh is like – like you just get a ribbon or something at like the sports <laughs> kind of four food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like as an athlete you wanna you wanna win or you mm. wanna get a medal. And I'm not saying I was disappointed, but I didn't but you have were a little. Yeah, like I didn't have the best race. Um I went in third and I was between like two world record holders. Mm. Um and I was eighteen and like shit's good yeah <laughs> like it's i was like hectic. like looked either side of me i was like this is the real deal like mm. i'm here so i think yeah the, the final probably wasn't my best swim but yeah i learned a lot yeah but um i guess you, yeah you can't change it you just keep pushing through and it was what did bowley say after <laughs> it i think bowley's probably he's probably a little bit disappointed because he knows how much better i could have been mm. like he knows you know, from training and he just knows that I should have swum a, a faster time and he knows how big, you know, my potential was. But Bowley's so supportive. He, mm. you know, he says in a way that it's, um, you know, you, you learn from it. He doesn't, you know, doesn't really degrade you or anything. He just, um, yeah, he tries to point out positives. So, yeah, he's I mean, a, it's okay. He's, a, he's an excellent coach, I think, for – for, I mean, loads of reasons, and obviously he's had incredible success. But he actually coached Luke, my husband, for a period of time. You trained with, yeah, Tricky, Tricky, <laughs> Tricky, and I. We had some great battles because, yeah. like, breast, males, bre- male breaststroke and girls backstroke is usually around the same time. Yeah. So, um, I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, far out. We had 
battles. Like we yeah. had some great battles. So this morning I was like, so any like little tidbits about Mingzi like, that you can like tell me? He's like, oh yeah, she was a really hard trainer and a bit of a larrikin. <laughs> I just like to have a bit of fun. Um, I think, you know, swimming, as you know, it's very serious. Um, I... I just kind of like to joke around a little bit more. And um, Bowler used to say that I have the GCA, which is the Gold Coast attitude, <laughs> which is very laid back and just chill. Um, yeah. So he said, if you really put your mind to it, you might have been a little bit better. <laughs> but um, yeah, we had some great battles. And I think that's it's cool to kind of look back and like those people push you, mm. you know, you push you to your limits. And I think it's a cool compliment when someone says, you know, you, you're tr- like a hard trainer. Yeah. I think, you know, that says a lot about someone and it's, um, yeah, I'll take that. Tricky. Yeah, well, I'll I was, take that. <laughs> I was going to say, like, he, he's one of the toughest trainers that I've ever seen. So for him to say yeah. that about you, that means you're like next level. Oh, I just remember him beating me so many times and I was like, far out. <laughs> Piss off, man. I just, I just want to win. But, you know, it makes you better. Yeah, it um, does. He kept pushing and I was like, Fuck, just give up already, mate. Like, just let me win. No, he will never let So, me. yeah, like it was it was cool to have, you know, good training partners. Because mm. um, so. it was an incredible environment. Like the St. Peter's crew has been successful for so many years and particularly leading into 2012, I think there was like, we had nine. Oh, nine. Yeah. No, oh, nine and, and, and Yo, um, uh, yeah, Yolan Kuklo, who wasn't yeah. – I mean, she trained at St. Peter's, but she wasn't in our squad. So to have nine, it was – hectic. I was like, Bowley, like, I don't know how – He's an overachiever. I just don't know how he <laughs> doesn't have any grey hair because <laughs> we were a, a squad, as you know, of very different personalities mm. and a, probably a lot of drama. Um, yeah. So I guess it wouldn't have been easy and we're all different personalities um, – so, but it was, you got the best out of each other. You pushed and pushed and pushed. And sometimes there was fireworks and sometimes we gelled and sometimes it was um, one of the coolest environments I've ever, you know, had the privilege of, of training in. So it was it's good. certainly a high performance environment. Yeah. When, you, when you're swimming good. Yeah. <laughs> when you're having a crap day <laughs> and you're swimming like 35 for 50 backstroke. <laughs> I yeah. did that for freestyle sometimes, dude. It's fine. I can't even get there now for freestyle. So <laughs> no, neither. <laughs> Retired life. I quite like it. It's fine. It's fine. Um, it's about not comparing, right? <laughs> Just be you. <laughs> Just be you. Exactly. Good segue. Because <sighs> that's kind of like your slogan. You've got a tattoo on yeah. your wrist. Yeah, got a tattoo. Um. What, where did that come from? Um, so I did uh, like a kind of a mentor leadership talk um, for young girls in it was about 2017 and the kind of big thing they were pushing was be yourself mm. and I was like, yeah, because, you know, like I struggled so long to try and figure out who I was and I just remember like swimming is, is such a small community that – I feel like everyone tries to be the same person sometimes and swimming is so different and you have to try different things, what works for you, what doesn't. And I just remember going like, you know, and especially after swimming, like, who, you know, who am I? But yeah, it was that kind of slogan that said, be yourself. And um, I gave a talk and I had like a big response afterwards and I was like, well, this is cool. I was like, maybe I'll just shorten it, like be you. Um, and then, I don't know, I just say to people like be you like it you know everyone is so different um and don't try and be like somebody else because 
kind of you're not meant to we're not meant to all be the same um we've got different personalities and lots of things happen in life that change you mm. um and wouldn't it you know Bolly always used to say to me Megs wouldn't it be boring if we're all the same and I'm like yeah I get that now yeah and then each year I just yeah I keep saying like be you be yourself and lots of people have like hey that's really cool mm. and I'm like yeah it's it's just, it's true. You know, you just got to try and be yourself, be true to yourself. Because this is the thing, like so many people in so many different ways have life-changing things that happen to them and then we've got to try and reconcile that and move through it and process and then that is going to change you. So we're going to have to be ourselves at some point, surely. Yeah. yeah. Like we all start the same at, as little babies who haven't had any external influences or experiences. Yeah. And then all, all of a sudden you have an environment, you have a culture, you have a society, you have expectations. And you have pressure, you know, like there's lots of pressure in the swimming world, as you know. Um, and I think uh, you probably put more pressure on yourself, to be honest. Always, always. <laughs> but I think, um, yeah, I just say to people, like, why do you want to be someone else, you know? And there's lots of great role models, don't get me wrong, um, but there's a big difference between, you know, attitudes um, and role models and... Drawing inspiration. Yeah, like, you know, just a- and actions, you know? And I think, you know, there's... I always get asked, like, who is your role models? Um I actually didn't have any. Like, I really didn't. Um, I liked Susie O'Neill for a swimming, yeah. you know. Um, but I mean, she's a cracker. Oh, I love Susie. <laughs> hey, Susie. Hey, Susie. <laughs> um, I'm sure she's listening. <laughs> well, Tago should definitely well, be Tago, listening. That should, that should better be listening, Susie. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just didn't really have any because I didn't want to be like someone. Mm. I wanted maybe to be a, a swimming, like their swimming um, kind of actions, you know, make the Olympics. But in a personality-wise – I didn't really, you know, growing up, going through puberty, going through all that, girls do different, you know, go through um, puberty different times. Yeah. Um, I didn't we really all have different body shapes. Yeah, like I didn't know who I was. So I was like, well, I didn't, you know, who should I be like? I didn't choose someone. So I'm just a big believer of, yeah, be yourself and it's, it's okay. Like it's so okay if you're different. Mm. Like there's so, you know, living overseas now, it's everyone's different. Mm. Um, different culture, different religion, different race. And it's – I love it. Like, it it's cool. Interesting. Well, life is like a little adventure in it. And like Bolly said, I say to people all the time, wouldn't it be boring if we're all the same? So 2008, you got seventh. 2009, this <laughs> is a tough year. Are you I don't know why I laugh. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, all, it's awkward, uncomfortable, <laughs> and I understand. I totally – yeah. that's my natural state as well. Oh, I, I laugh at really awkward times. Yeah. <laughs> so don't think I'm not sensitive. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Um, 2000, 2009. Yeah, 2009 is probably one of the hardest, you know, hardest years of my life. And I think I look back now and it's it changed – you know, it pretty much changed everything. Mm-hmm. 2008, I had a wicked year, you know, made Olympics. I took a big break, mm-hmm. ate too many chicken nuggets. Uh, so, standard. Yeah, so standard. <laughs> so trying to even come back from that, like, you know, it's hard coming off a break. Mm. Um, so getting back into shape, I really pushed because it was Worlds. 
Um, and yeah, super suits as well. Put it. It was a massive, a, weird year. It was in general, anyway. I just remember being so overwhelmed with like what suit to wear. Yes. Um, and I had try that too. And just trying suits. Yeah. And I was just so overwhelmed with everything. And we did a, a fair bit of altitude training in Arizona, and I got really fit. And I was actually like swimming probably the best of my whole career. And I remember bowl, like I was, my skin folds were down, my weight was down, swimming awesome, training really good, competition wise pretty good. And I remember putting on the super suits and doing like a time trial. Mm. And I was like, you know, 1.6 off my PB. And I was like. In training. Yeah, in training. I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so, yeah, um, made the team for 2009 and I swam. I don't. For some weird reason, my freestyle was going okay. Yeah, your freestyle was going. So, awesome. um, yeah, won the two hundred free, uh, made the two hundred back, and I think I got fifth in the hundred free. Yeah, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I'll do some. You know, I'll do some sprint work. So remember heading to Rome, and how cool is Rome? Like oh, you get to train outdoor, sunshine, yeah. um, and there's just something about European summer. So. I was heading in there, you know, two relays, two individual events, training amazing and, um, yeah, pretty much my world, yeah, turned upside down the day before comp. So so your brother Amos had a car accident yep. and passed away pretty much the day before competition. Yeah, I, um, I, I did uh, – so I was – on the massage table, um, and Bowley came in, and you know, like coaches don't really come into the no. to the treatment room. And he's like, "Megs, you, you're gonna have to get changed, and we're gonna have to have a chat." And I was like, "Far out!" I was like, "What I got, have I done?" Well, I thought I got kicked off the relay team, and I was like, "Oh, well, this sucks." <laughs> but yeah, so we had it. We had a bit of a chat, and I've never seen Bowley kind of. I've never seen him look like that. You know, he just. Bowley's always a man of many words and cool, calm and collected. Yeah, very cool, calm and collected. And he was a bit, he was just a bit off. And I was like, "What's up?" And he couldn't really, like, he couldn't really tell me um, straight up. And he's like, "Look, you know, something's happened back home." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "What do you mean? Like, we're about? I'm about to swim at Worlds tomorrow." Um, and yeah, he just said, "Hey, like, your brother's been in a car accident." Um, and I was like, okay, like, cool. Like, is he, you know, yeah. like, is he okay? Yeah. Like, he's just he's been in a car accident. Yeah. yeah. And then he just wouldn't, he just went a bit silent. And I was like, wow, this is not cool. Mm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, and he said, hey, like, and he gave me a big hug and he's like, he, you know, like, just, he didn't, didn't make it. Mm. So, <laughs> um, yeah, from, I, I think from there it was, I just, didn't want to believe it to be mm. honest um I remember you know throwing up three or four times and oh. Bowley just kind of like had to hold me because I was so I was just in shock um That's I didn't really words you just don't expect to hear yeah like I didn't like what do you you know I didn't know what to say um and I just we sat there maybe for an hour not not, not even talking I just had nothing to say um and yeah, I just it, pretty much from there. Like my mum, my mum and my sisters were um, in Rome, so they actually came to the hotel. Um, and yeah, probably one of the the craziest things 
Bowley, Bowley was really good. He never like tried to push me. He never said, "Hey, you should um swim in the relay." Like, are you going to compete? He yeah. said, "Hey, do what you want to do." He's yeah. like, "If do you want to race tomorrow? Do you not?" And I just couldn't like I just didn't feel anything. I was completely numb. I didn't really, um, I didn't really care to be honest what I did. I said, "Oh, I'll go to the pool. I'll see how I feel." And I was rooming with Sophie Eddington, and um, we had some really good chats. And um, she said, "Hey." Like, you've done all this training, you know, like, that's just have a crack. Like, just see how you go in the morning. Um, obviously, didn't get any sleep. And, yeah, had a swim in the morning, tried the super suit out and split, like, pretty pretty quick for my 100 free, but I just didn't feel a thing. Like, I didn't feel – my goggles filled up with water, my suit filled up with water, um, and I just didn't feel anything. And then, yeah, after that race, I kind of knew that I just didn't really – I just didn't really want to be there, to yeah, be honest. So, yeah, probably one of the biggest decisions of you've done all that work, mm. but um, yeah, ultimately, family is, you know, family is bigger than sport. It's Family's bigger, it, right. you know. Yeah, family is is bigger than anything. Mm. Um, so, and I wanted to be there for my mom. Mum's had a really, really tough time, and she lost her husband, then she lost her son. Mm. So, oh, it makes me that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I wanted to be there for her. And I wanted to be super strong for her. Um, so, yeah, we flew home. And once we got home, it was, you know, it was a really big reality check. Yeah. You know, it was it was true. It wasn't, you know, you think it's. he wasn't there. Yeah, like, you know, you think maybe it's just a dream. Um, and even watching, you know, the Shane Warne thing the other night, I was like far out. Like, I know, you know, I know exactly. That feeling. That, how that feels, like such um a tragic thing to be told and so unexpected and so yeah it was a life-changing thing um and there was a, a fair bit of media stuff around it and it's um which is overwhelming in of itself yeah it's like the most confronting thing that you could pretty much have happen and then yeah. it's like you just want to go into a bubble yeah and safe space and then everyone wants to talk to you about it yeah and it's you know it's pretty hard because everyone wants to be there but you just don't really know what to say to people at that really hard time so um yeah we came back to australia and um you know my my brother left uh, a wife and and two kids behind so that was um yeah pretty pretty tough and yeah just you know you kind of have to pick up the pieces from there and we did our thing and went through it. and um, But how do you pick up the pieces? Because <laughs> I like, from my perspective, because I was on that team with you and part of the 4 by one freestyle relay team and I just remember in that moment, like I like I was 24 and I, I didn't know what to say to you so I'm not sure I said anything to be honest and I apologise <laughs> from the future. <laughs> um, but I was always in such awe of how you were able to race that morning. Yeah, I think like for me it was it's a, it, it probably changed me because I, I and I've been trying to figure this out for you know probably since then that I think I don't feel too much um emotion anymore mm. and sometimes I think you know like what's wrong with me or um but I just I feel like that was the biggest life changing it just made me feel numb like you know like I just didn't um like, yeah, I cry and stuff, but I just didn't feel anything. Mm. Um, so I just got up and raced because that's just all I knew how to do. You were kind of still in that 
race process, like yeah. process, process, process athlete. Probably. And I'm a person like I didn't want to have regrets. I didn't want to say, hey, what if I maybe just did one race? Mm. Um, so Bowley, you know, we had a back and forth discussion for hours of mm. if I was going to swim or not. Um, and I was like, far out, I've done so much work to make this team and, you know, the 100, 200 free and like the 200 back. And, um, but yeah, picking up the pieces, I, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, how do you be so strong? Mm. And I think, I don't think there's a secret answer. I don't think there's one thing that makes you a strong person or not. I think it's, for me, it was just showing up every day. You know, Mm. don't get me wrong, there were days when, I wanted to quit. There was days when I just got out of the pool and just walked out because I just didn't want to be there. And there was some, you know, some pretty dark days. And I was probably in denial, you know, maybe for one or two years. And the only, I didn't really talk to anyone. I didn't um, – the only person I'd probably talk to was Bowley. Mm. And to be – and it's taken me, you know, I'm, I'm 33 now, so it's taken me a good 10 years to kind of process that maybe, you know, it's okay – to not be okay, mm. you know, and the more like the older I get, <laughs> so mature now. <laughs> yeah, so mature. <laughs> but the older I get, the more I realize that you know it, it's okay, yeah, to have shitty days. It's yeah. so okay to be, you know, in a spot where um, it's you don't feel okay. Mm. But I definitely have learnt how to reach out to people and say, "Hey, I don't feel okay," mm. or try and change your mindset or what works for me I you know I like to do things that make me feel okay you know I like to exercise I like to swim in the ocean small things like that probably picked up the pieces of just doing things I enjoyed and realizing that bad days are you know a human you're human if you have a bad day unfortunately it's part of the human condition so I don't yeah for me it wasn't just a one day I woke up and I was awesome again. Yeah. It was a big, a very big, um, you know, it's probably taken me 10 years to, to, to try and, and I don't think you get over losing someone. You don't ever get over it. You just learn to kind of, I say, I, I, you know, you learn to celebrate them. Mm. You, know, you don't want to be a sad Sally and think about, you know, everything you've lost. Yeah, I'm a positive person, so I try and think about, you know, the good times, think about celebrating that person um, and what they brought to your life. Um, but it's also understandable if you have those moments, milestones, oh, that you go, I wish he was here. Yeah, like, you know, the first birthday, the first anniversary, 2009 I turned 21. Mm. So, um, and my mum got remarried in 2009 as well and there were some big milestones that we were like, this is weird, you know, yeah. like this is weird not having him here and, his birthday was just in March, so, you know, just, you know, you take it for granted that you ring up, your, you know, your siblings and say, hey, happy birthday. So, Do you feel like that's given you a perspective on the fragility of life? Like I, I can't imagine how it couldn't, but do you feel like that's changed your way that you live? Yeah, definitely. Like I just kind of took life for, you know, took it for granted, so to speak, and I thought I was – bit invincible Mm. you know when you're 18 19 nothing really bothers you you think you're awesome (laughs) (laughs) I'm awesome I'm awesome and I I know everything I know I know everything so don't talk to me um but I think you know I was I was young I was 20 just turned 21 in 2009 and I feel like it grew me a lot as a person and and from that day probably and and more as I got older I just I try and cherish 
sounds so cliche, but I try and cherish every day. Mm. You know, I'm pretty grateful now just for for being here. And, you know, there's so much, so much going in the world right now. Um, it just, you kind of have to just be grateful to be on mm. earth. Um, and I always say if it's, you know, if it's your time to go, it's your time to go. So it sounds kind of scary, but um, I don't, yeah, I think it's given me a bit of I a. I don't think you can control that. Like, no. The one thing in life that is certain is death, unfortunately. Yeah. Birth yeah. and death. And taxes, do they say? Oh, taxes. <laughs> That's why I live in Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. No, <laughs> like, um, but, you know, like that, that's the thing that's certain. So you kind of, like I think so often people are afraid of doing things because of whatever and you just go like, you don't yeah. know when, when it's going to happen. So you have to go and live now. Yeah. And I think like for myself as well, I was like scared of failing you know, that's a big thing as an athlete and I was, Massive. you know, scared of failing and scared of, I was actually scared of retiring, you know? Right. Yeah. Like scared of what's next. Um, so I think that wrapped up in, you know, losing someone and I think all of that kind of makes you, it made me a little bit stronger, but a lot of, you know, a lot of people say, oh, how do you stay so positive? How are you so strong? And I really just choose, I, I honestly believe you have options and it's such a mindset. You choose to be positive or negative. You have, you know, every action has a reaction and I really believe that you can choose how you want to start your day. Yeah. Do you want to be grateful or do you want to be – You choose your energy, right? Yeah, or do you want to resent something because you've lost something or, um, you know, I could be bitter because I – you know, life wasn't fair for me. You know, I lost my dad, I lost my brother, and that's not fair. It's not fair to anyone. But for me, I I just don't want to spend life being bitter or, or negative. So, and I'm not saying it's that's me every day. I'm not no, saying exactly. I'm bloody awesome every day. <laughs> I'm stoked all of the time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think you, you choose. You know, you choose how how to kind of react to things. So I'm still, and you know, I'm still learning. I yeah. love that. I'm still learning every single day. And the people around me now, I, I just wish I could go back and do a few things what, with what I know now. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's, that's life, right? I always say that. Like I wish I could go back to swimming with my brain now. now. Yep. <laughs> Yep, my body, too. my body wouldn't, you know, tolerate oh, things so well. I wouldn't well. fit in that suit right now. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> would not fit in the suit, and that is okay because okay. we are we are in good pastures now. <laughs> oh, I can eat whatever I like. Yeah, exactly. We don't have to worry about that. Um, so obviously, two thousand and nine was fucking tough. Yeah. Um, two thousand and ten, you went to the Commonwealth Games. Delhi was like a whole other I world. loved it. Did you? I loved it. I love – and I think, you know, obviously probably has something to do with how you swim. Yeah. You know, if you swim not great, you probably don't like that place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <look. laughs> um, but, yeah, 2010 – so 2009 I took a lot of time off after. Um, it took so me – So how do you refocus, reprocess? Like um, how, was there a moment where you're like, I'm not going to keep swimming? Yeah, there was uh, there was probably three or four moments, and I said to Bolly, like, I'm done, mm. like I don't I don't want to swim. And you know, when you swim, there's a lot of time to think. 
Yeah, so much. <laughs> so much time. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, so there's a lot of time to think um, and there was numerous times I hopped out. I uh, didn't really want to swim. So there was no actual moment that I thought, yep, I'm done. I'm I'm, I'm completely done. Um, and there was no moment that I said, okay, this is it. I'm going to swim for the next 10 years. But gradually I think Bolly did a really good um, job of supporting me and not pushing in any certain direction, whether it was you give up or you keep going. So he just encouraged me to just enjoy it, I think, you know, enjoy your swimming, enjoy the people around you. Um, And I never wanted, like, people to feel sorry for me and I never wanted to be probably remembered for, like, a tragedy. And that's the hard thing when, like, something really big and traumatic happens in your life. I think the person experiencing it doesn't want that, yeah, just like the sad looks and like the oh yeah, like are you okay? Are you okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, like I just didn't want to be kind of remembered for like, and to I be didn't, that girl. yeah, to be that girl. Like, oh, that sucks. That happened to you. And I'm like, yeah, I did, but and I didn't get to swim in 2009 either. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I remember training pretty hard, and I was like, okay, Com Games is coming up. That's and Pampax was in America, and I was like, oh, I want to go to America. Yeah. Um, and I just – I made the team by the skin of my teeth. Like I think I got third and I think I got fifth or sixth in the 200 freeze. So just made a relay maybe, just made the 200 backstroke. And Bolly's like, you're so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've got this. So I think from trials to um, Pampax and then on to Com Games, I really kind of knuckled down and – I said, well, the only way that you know, you know, you're not going to be remembered for for tragedy or anything like that is to, you know, have a have a good year. And and I had so much more potential to give, and I was pretty lucky that, yeah, went to Commonwealth Games and won two gold medals, swam, you know, Australian record, Commonwealth record, enjoyed it, had a great time. Um, so and from there, I really enjoyed swimming probably much more, and and I think that was probably a bit of a turning bit of a turning point that I was like okay you know I feel healthy again I feel mentally okay we'll keep you know we'll keep pushing on with swimming yeah so when did you because you went to the 2012 Olympics yeah you got fifth yep still fifth it's like (sighs) fifth is still annoying (laughs) so close but so far still yeah I mean fifth in the world right you can't you can't complain yeah um but as you know like as athletes professional athletes you'll ask anyone you just you want to do the best and you're not there to just make a final really it sounds weird and some people might not understand that but you spend so much time training and trying to get better and I I was there to win you know like I was there to win get a medal um I didn't want to just make a final again so um but 2012 I was a different athlete yeah totally different athlete um more mature just more probably well-rounded um, with experience and everything. And that day was just I'm, – I'm very happy to look back on that day and say I, that was just all I had yeah. in that race. So it's one of those things, right, like you can't regret something where that was what you had. Yeah. Like if you stuffed up the race somehow, then you go, oh, what is different, yeah. But if you've given it all, then – Yeah, and that's, you know, that's all I had that was on the day – it wasn't just wasn't meant to be. So, um, you know, there's a few things I probably regret about my swimming career, but at the end of the day, it's you can't can't go back in time. I mm. like to, but yeah, um, we'd all like to do things differently. I think that yeah, I think that's you know that's that's 
being a human. That's mm. just normal. But yeah, 2012 was it was a pretty decent year. It was okay. I mean, so when did you? What year did you retire? Well, I officially retired in 2015. Okay. Um, so I went to Worlds 2013. wasn't great. Um, 2014 was probably a year. I had lots of shoulder injuries. Um, I made the Commonwealth Games team for 2014. Made it for the 100, 200 backstroke um, and the 200 freestyle. Yep. So I had actually the 50, 100, 200 back um, and yeah, the 200 freestyle. Girls. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, uh-huh. Uh, well, I think I was getting older. <laughs> so I was like, I need to do less. <laughs> So I'd made it for like all kind of like more than anything because normally I just turn a backstroke, but I was like, I made all of the backstrokes. Yeah, it's amazing. So, and it was the first time I broke a minute for the 100 backstroke. Awesome. Um, so 59.4, so I was like, uh-huh, like I maybe I'm I've a got sprinter. i sprint skills happening now. So I just remember making that. Um, and then from there until Commonwealth Games 2014, I just had a shitty time. I just had a shit time with injury. I didn't feel motivated. I didn't feel like I was getting the best out of myself. I was cutting corners. I was just being a bit of a brat sometimes. Um, And I think injury plays a big thing in, you know, your mindset. And I just remember having a chat with Bowley and I said, hey, I don't want to go to the – I don't want to go to Commonwealth Games just to go. Mm. You know, I want to win the tournament backstroke again and I want to – be competitive in the 100 backstroke. I said, I want to win the 4 by 2 relay and, you know, swim in the 50 backstroke and see how I go. Um, he said, well, you need to probably pick up your training mm. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> just so, so you know. Just so you know. Um, and then just my shoulder. I popped my shoulder out on a training camp doing a backstroke start. Um, so I made a pretty hard decision two weeks out just to, um, yeah, to pull out of the team. Yeah. Which is – wasn't easy, but I knew deep down, like I just knew it was probably one of the best decisions because um, I didn't want to go and have an okay time. Yeah. But that was really hard. So that was 2014 and then I went and did everything that you're probably not meant to do as a swimmer. Mm. Um, I had a huge break. Uh, I went snowboarding and I partied and did, you know, crazy stuff for probably six months. And I said to Bowley, look – I'm going to move back to the Goldie and I'm probably just going to have a mental break and see if I still love swimming. Yeah. You know, I lost that love for swimming. Tried to get back into swimming on the Gold Coast at TSS. I think it was, you know, the third week back. And I said, ah, oh. I was just swimming in the middle and in the middle of the session and I was like, I'm done. Wow. <laughs> I'm so done. Kind of, it was like a slow and then all of a sudden you're like nah. yeah I think you know once you know like you, you've been through it as well and once you don't enjoy something it becomes really a hard. bit more of a chore mm. you know it just doesn't doesn't really set you on fire kind yeah. of you know kind of like yeah I want to do that mm. um, I you know been to the Olympics and been to Commonwealth Games and Worlds and um, yeah you always want to get faster you want to get faster all the time as an athlete but I just didn't have that drive. I didn't have the drive to get up in the morning. And I just remember, yeah, calling Bowley actually, which wasn't – he wasn't even my coach then. Mm. And I said, I think I'm, I'm done with swimming. Like I think I, I'm pretty sure that's that's it. Mm. And so, yeah, we had a really big discussion and then it was a bit of a rush process. I was like, yep, totally done, 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 done. And I think it wasn't probably till you know, like two or three years later I was like maybe, you know, you always have that like – 
what doubt, if? like yeah. maybe I should have given it another go or mm. maybe I should have done this. And, yeah, so then it was like this is, you know, I, I had a really, really tough time adjusting to, you know, adjusting to what – what is normal life, life after yeah, yeah sport so what what did you find difficult about it do you think oh I think for me it was um so I was watching com games in 2014 mm-hmm. watching that was pretty hard knowing that you'd made the team so yeah. that was probably a bit of a trigger yeah. you know like a bit of a trigger and I probably just spiraled a little bit out of control from there and then officially 2015 it was early you know, early in Jan or Feb, I was like, okay, you know, I announced that I'd finished swimming and retired and then um, I was probably, you know, just hanging out with some not great people. Right. Um, you know, they live for the weekends and party and um, I just fell into a bit of a trap of just kind of partying really. Yeah. Um, went overseas, went to Bali for three months, went to Thailand for three months. So I did a bit of travel um, and I thought maybe I'll – find myself you know traveling eat pray love style yeah yeah I was like I got this and I think for me it was a denial of going back to the real world and facing I think for me it was facing what is next yeah Um, and who am I without being a swimmer and that scared the shit out of me yeah you know like that terrifying it it, it's so scary who am I if I'm not a swimmer and I always thought like you know like to be successful that you had to be the best so as a swimmer, like to be successful, you have to win Olympic gold medal. Yeah. And then it so, becomes two Olympic gold medals. And, and then, then it becomes, becomes world records. And you then know? it becomes yeah. world records. It's like it's never enough. It's And I, I remember saying like what's enough and then I remember thinking, okay, like success outside of swimming, it must be like you have to earn your own business or you mm. have to earn lots of money. Yeah. Um, and I remember well like because I'm pretty competitive, I was like, well, okay, like I probably need to, you know, figure out what I want to do. And there was lots of things I wanted to do. And for me it was like, okay, I have to be successful because I looked at, you know, other people retiring and some people were super successful and I was like, but what is success? And I was, I I just, you know, it's probably taken me, it probably took me eight to ten years to figure out that success is not one thing. Mm. You know, it's not – just because you drive a nice car or have a nice house or, um, you know, earn millions of dollars, does that make you successful? And, does that and, make you happy? Yeah, and, and what is it for different people? So for me, I don't think it's a, it's a word that I – like I don't really say anymore, I want to be successful. You know, I want to – I just want to be content with who I am. Um, and, yeah, that time was – it was pretty tough to figure to figure it out. But I think – I've probably gone through that stage and now I've figured out nearly, I think I'm like at 90%. Yeah. So I think I'm at 90% figuring out who I am and, I, and I'm confident in myself um, and confident to be, you know, just me. So you you were mentioning that obviously you were hanging out with the wrong people, you know, partying too much. If someone is in that environment, how do you feel like – you can get yourself out of that because it's not an it's not a good environment to work out who you are because you're yeah. basically not looking at yourself you're just distracting in yeah. a way and it's i think it's probably figuring out it's not necessarily like what you do after swimming um but figuring out who, yeah who you are and what drives you so 
you know, people say routine and do this and do that, but everyone is so different. Like yeah. everyone is an individual and it, what might work for me might not work for you. Mm-hmm. And I think it, yeah, it took me years. It took me. What did you do? Like what, how did you sort of start to find? I'm a big believer of, you know, surround yourself with what you want to be. Mm. You know, if you want to be um, positive, hang out with positive people. You know, if you want to be a good surfer, you hang out with good surfers. Um, and for me it was I was hanging around people that would party, mm. would do drugs on the weekend, mm. you know, would gamble. And it just I, – I don't think it was a, a you know, like a – snap of the fingers kind of that's not me moment but mm. I just remember a few days waking up you know with horrible hangovers like on a Tuesday yeah um and just always feeling like nothing was enough and always feeling like down on myself and I just probably just got sick of that feeling I got sick of it you know I got sick of partying and I got sick of you know living for weekends mm. um and so from there I probably Started hanging out with those people less. Um, started doing things. I got back into training. So I got back into um, F45 um, and I got back into not routine but, you know, go to the gym and, and I found things that made me feel better. Yeah. You know, I found going in the ocean every day. It was cleansing. Exercising made my mind, you know, just a lot more positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I probably just, yeah, started hanging around more positive people um, more businessy kind of, you know, they wanted to work on what they, you know, what they're driven for. And I was like, okay, well, that's far out. Like that person's working really hard for what he wants. Yeah. And I was like, hey, that's that's cool. I Maybe I'll try that. Yeah. And I just remember kind of working on my mindset as well. So I got into um, podcasts. Yeah. Podcasts, <laughs> great, the best. <laughs> so I, you know, I remember getting into podcasts and books, um, and then just, I, and I, you know, I probably lost. I, I did. I, lo- I lost a few friends, mm-hmm. and when you retire from swimming, you find out who keeps in contact. Like mm-hmm. you probably know, and who was probably yeah. only, you know, only there because you were really good at swimming. Yeah, um, and you make new friends. So. How weird is like making friends as an adult oh, though? It's, it's so weird. It's like, do you want to be my friend? <laughs> yeah. Like, are we dating like as yeah. friends now? <laughs> I know. It's um, it's strange. I kind of like you. Do you want to hang out? <laughs> yeah, like, do you want to get coffee? <laughs> yeah. And it's strange because like people would say like, what do you do? Mm. I'm like, and I think that that's was the hardest question. That's a big question. I I'm used so, to swim. Yeah, so used to saying I'm a professional athlete. Yeah. And now, even now, like I'm, you know, I retired in 2015 and I'm 33 and it's 2022 and I'm like, people are like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I, I do, do whatever I want to do. I do, <laughs> do. Oh man, I remember that feeling. Yeah. Yep. And I think, you know, there's, there should be, honestly, I, I think there needs to be more done about retiring athletes. Yes. Like I just, it's, you know, there was some days I didn't want to get out of bed, mm. you know, and each to their own everyone is so different some people might not suffer from the hardships of retiring they might slot straight into a cool job that they really enjoy and that's I love that like I'm so happy for them but some people just 
I just really struggled. But I, I do find, and I mean, this is why I do this podcast because I think there is so many com- common elements that people struggle with life after sport. Even if you do um, slot in and find a nice job and something that you're really happy or passionate about, there's still elements that we all struggle a little bit with. And yeah. that's, yeah, I 100% agree. I think more needs to be done in preparing athletes for that. Yeah. And I think it's not about, it's probably not about preparing athletes to be, you know, qualified. No. Or, you know, it's not about having a job or having a uni degree because you can do lots without that stuff. It's more about preparing mindsets and preparing emotionally for things that you might not you think you're invincible you know you think oh that won't happen to me I'm so tough I I can't possibly have a mindset like that but you know like most competitive people I know are athletes and it's okay like it's okay if you're vulnerable like it's so okay if you struggled in post-retirement and I probably for two years was so in denial. I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm doing really good. And I used to lie all the time and say, I'm so, I'm doing good. You know, I'm I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm I'm traveling. I'm finding myself. Like, I'm so fine. And then I was just, just, it's not. Like, it wasn't. And, you know, I'm very big advocate for now for talking out and, and, you know, saying that it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's so okay. And, you know, especially now I think mindset's a huge, Massive. huge thing. And, and, you know, being a professional athlete, is a, it's a really tough thing. And and I think I, I love the way that you put that. It's not necessarily – and sure, it might be part of it, preparing them, getting qualifications, doing uni degrees, whatever. That sort of preparation, you know, has its place. Yeah. But I think you're exactly right. I think it's about preparing the mindset. I think it's about preparing and understanding – those feelings, that sort of sense, loss of value or identity and and understanding what success means to you yeah. because it means something different to everybody. Yeah. And so if you can kind of identify that before you finish being an athlete, then you can start to pursue or look for things that have a similar value set. Yeah. And I think also – so right that success is so different for people and I think just you know being I was just scared of retiring because I was scared of what's next and you know I think if I could have different strategies for that moment coming up knowing that I was going to retire because yeah. at the end of the day everyone has to retire everyone has to retire you know you, you get old and it's not great <laughs> but you get old you get older <laughs> and a little you bit more creaky slower <laughs> But, you know, everyone does retire. So I think – and not everyone might be scared of that, but I was. I was so scared of not seeing my friends every day and not having a goal. Um, so I think maybe different strategies around that and, yeah, just being openly um, – being open and openly talking about retiring um, and it's totally okay to be scared. It's totally okay if you don't – if you don't have a plan for mm. after retiring, it's okay. Yeah. But you you need to talk about it because yeah. if you don't, like I just bottled it up probably for, yeah, two years and, God, I lost a lot of things in those two years, you know. Like I lost friends, I lost money, I lost just probably myself for a couple of years. And sometimes, you know, that's a journey. That's a journey of life yeah. that maybe if you don't go through that, you don't Land in know. the spot that you're here now. Yeah, yeah. so it's taken me a little while to realise that but I just – 
life is so different for everyone. And But I think that like we can learn from each other, right? So yeah. ideally people make less mistakes from learning from other yeah. people's experiences so you don't have to necessarily go through that. And I think, you know, as a, as a swimmer definitely like you try and everything's – you're trying to be perfect. You know, you're trying to swim the perfect race and I don't think I ever swim a perfect race because I still look it's at it. It's never quite perfect. Yeah, I still, <laughs> I still look at, a, a, you know, a race that was really good and I pick things. Mm. Um, so I think that just get that out of your head. Like nothing yeah. is perfect and that's cool. Like, But it's cool. we're perfectionists and it's just – it's just I just want people to know like it's so okay to not have – you know, everything planned out in life because even if you have things planned, it doesn't always go to plan. No, as you know so, perfectly well. Yeah, it's just you have to be, you know, creative of how you, you know, do different turns in life. So, yeah, adaptability is a massive thing. Great word. Thank Great you. Word. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. Um, so what do you do now? So you're in Dubai. So what do you do now? <laughs> so just to make you feel really uncomfortable and how we just discussed how hard it is not to know what we do and not to have a title of what we do, what's yeah. your vibe What um, in general? So in general, um, so I just I just started commentating. Yes. So like about a year ago um, and I – so that's what you kind of are wanting to pursue. Yeah, I really, for the first time since swimming, I found something. I love that. Yeah, like for the first time since swimming, I found something that a I believe that I'm good at. You, you are know? like, yeah. and a lot of Isn't people. It nice to feel good at something again. Oh my god! <laughs> I was actually thinking on the way up here. I was like, well, you know, like I fell into swimming because obviously I was good at it, yeah. right? And you have some natural talent, mm. and but if you, you work your ass off, yeah. But if you're good at something, you kind of pursue it, and you go, okay, like that's trained towards that because you're good at it. Mm. And then once you stop swimming, I was like, oh my god, I suck at everything. I suck at everything <laughs> else. So, like, honestly, like, I, I just wanted to find something that I was good at again. Yes, 100%. So, yeah, commentating, I love it. Yeah. I really, truly enjoy, and it took me a long time to, to like swimming again, but I, you know, fell back in love with swimming, and it the sport gave me a lot. Um, it took a lot, probably, as well, yeah. but it gave me a lot, and I really want to give back. You know, a lot of people say, I want to give back, but... I really do. I want to be able to to help young girls as well, um, young boys too. But, yeah. yeah, I like commentating, giving them a platform, um, talking about, you know, what they've got going on, talking about how good they are. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, commentating. And just doing the classic, how did that feel? Well, if someone asks me how I feel after a race, <laughs> I will lose it. But that's what's so great but about But how did you feel? But how did you How, how do you think I feel? <laughs> just got third and I missed out on an individual spot. What do you think? What do you think? But that never feel? happened to me. <laughs> oh, Triggered. Oh, God. So yeah. you obviously wanted to pursue that. And how does that, like, how does that, how does that feel? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Oh, shit. What an idiot. How does that feel? But it seems a bit different when you ask how does that feel because I didn't just finish a race and like obviously (laughs) and obviously like I'm not just puffing for no reason like I just swam a hundred meters very fast. Um, But yeah, it feels so. I've got that. Like I really to to feel like you're pushing or you have a goal again, like to feel good at something and then to want to build off that. Like that in itself, I. I feel it creates momentum and that energy yeah. again. It creates like a goal and 
I think it just creates a positive environment that you're chasing something again, like you're chasing something that you really, like I want to get to the top of, yeah. you know, like I, I, I do, I'd love to commentate at the Olympics. I'd love to commentate sport. I love sport. I could talk about sport all day, yeah. any sport, don't, doesn't matter. But for me, yeah, I've, I fell into after swimming, I fell into um, becoming a personal trainer. Mm. So I enjoy that. Um, I enjoy pushing other people, yeah. not myself. <laughs> so I do, um, yeah, like private PT. Um, I also do private um, learn to swim, which is really cool. So I I never want to be a coach, yeah. never, <laughs> but I enjoy I little kids. I get that question all the time. Yeah, no, it's Will not. Will you ever coach? No. Absolutely Absolutely not. not. I enjoy little kids when, you know, they pop their little heads up and they realise that they can go underwater or they can yeah. turn around and catch the edge. Um, so I enjoy learn to swim, you know, probably from three to about seven. Mm. Um, but, yeah, right now what I do, yeah, I, I like commentating, but I just um, moved overseas. Uh, with my partner so he's um yeah working overseas we took a little adventure um and I'm probably you know the happiest I've been um since you know since probably winning Commonwealth Games in 2010 or making you know my first Australian team so I feel really content um happy and I yeah want to chase things again that I you know that I really like so that's how does that feel? Um. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Feels bloody great. Great. <laughs> but yeah. So I've got two more questions for you. What advice would you give to athletes who are looking to retire? Oh, so I th- I think it's probably you know a lot a lot different for different athletes, um, and their personality is always different. But I. I'd probably say, like, don't be scared of retiring. You know, I was scared of who I was going to be after retiring. I was scared of, uh, you know, am I going to have friends when I retire? So probably don't be scared of that. Um, And I would hugely recommend, you know, talking to someone about what's kind of next and being able to openly talk about, how it's going to feel when you do retire and maybe a plan of about if you have bad days um, or have a list of things that make you happy, you know, realize what makes you, you know, a driven person, like yeah. realize what, you know, whether it's exercise, whether it's the ocean, whether it's music, whether it's dancing, whether it's cleaning, whatever, I don't yeah. know, but having a list of things that make you, you know, get that feeling of, oh yeah, okay, I can do this. Mm is probably my biggest advice that, you know, if you have those bad days. Which we all do. Yeah, which we all do and it's totally okay. It's totally normal. And we all do even without having been an elite athlete, right? Like yeah. Like we need to know what makes us feel good on those stressful days. Yeah, and, you know, everyone's probably a little bit different and, and for me I know <laughs> – my my um boyfriend said like he can tell when I don't exercise. He's yeah. like, oh my god, you're so grumpy, like, and I'm like, yeah. <sighs> he's like, have you been to the gym or have you been you know surfing? And I'm like, maybe not for two days or three days or whatever it is. And he's like, as soon as I like exercise or do something, you know, kind of those endorphins are running, and I'm just a lot more calm and my head's a lot clearer, and you'll figure out what kind of works for you. Yeah, but yeah, that that the advice would definitely be be open to talking about how you feel um, and have a little plan of what, you know, or have a list that what makes you 
you know, what makes you tick? Not necessarily happy because happy means different things, but what makes you kind of tick and what makes you feel good? Yeah. And then, yeah, just hang around cool people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, hang around the people that make you laugh. Hang around the people that make you feel that you're at your best. And be you. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely be you. So good. (laughs) Yep. And my final question, which I ask everyone as well, is what moment are you most proud of from your swimming career? Because, like, you know, there's obviously 2010 winning gold, um, those sorts of performances, Commonwealth records and all that sort of stuff. But what are there little moments where you go, like, this is the quiet moment that maybe no one else will ever know about, but this is what I'm really proud of? Yeah, I think I probably got – I don't just have one moment. I probably have a few. Um, For me, I think – probably picking up pieces after 2009. I remember swimming the 4 by one relay um, and the girls were going through um, the media. What's it called again? And you go, media scrum. Oh, I call them a scrum. <laughs> you used to call it something, I remember. <laughs> Terribleness. Oh, no. Like you used to go through the line of like the media. Yes. Oh, my God, I so know what it's called. But anyway, digressing. Um, <laughs> I remember going through – the, the the three girls, other girls were going through that and I was like, nah, I'm definitely not talking to the yeah. media. And I just went to the showers um, and I was trying to take my play suit off, which that was, was so ridiculous. Impossible, those super suits. Yeah, and so I just sat there for about 15 minutes and I was just really, really proud of myself that I did it. Like mm. I, I, I had a crack. I, you know, I just had the biggest news of my life and I still got up, put a suit on, um, put goggles on and I still was able to, you Show know, up. yeah, I, I just showed up. Um, so I was probably a moment in the shower where I was like, you know, gave myself a bit of a pat on the back, mm. full crying, full ugly crying. Yeah, <laughs> But I was, you know, I was really proud that I had a crack and I picked up the pieces of, you know, a, a really broken heart. And mm. from then I just moved on. Like I just tried to be, um, strong, but another probably one other moment was when I yeah when I realized that I probably wanted to retire. I remember just swimming halfway through that fifty, and I was like, "Huh, I'm totally done." You know, like I just remember going, "Okay, this is not what I want to do anymore. Yeah. I just don't want to do it." And I I think you've got to be proud of yourself that you're taking the leap into the unknown. I know, I know. you know, and I don't. Especially when you were so scared of that. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's kind of, yeah, it was it was scary, but I think it was, I have a, a bit of a saying, like, if, it, if it's scary or if you're scared, you do it anyway, mm. um, because that's, that's like the fun part on yeah. the other side of that is, 100%. holy moly, it's so awesome. I remember I went skiing a couple of weeks ago. Sounds weird skiing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the snow, minus 24, um, and I was so scared. Like, I was so scared. Um, going down this run, I was like, Megs, this is it. Like, you're scared? I was like, do it anyway. Yeah. And I remember getting down the bottom and I'm like, yeah. Like, if you're scared, do it anyway because that like that little zone at the other end is – Magic. Yeah, it's fun. That's where the – I think that's where the fun begins. Mm. Um, and as you get older, fear becomes more. Yeah, so, it really does. <laughs> when you're a kid, you have zero. Um, yeah. So when you're old, it's like, well – It's a massive deal. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, those two moments, were, I was just really proud of myself. So um, big moments, big career moments, um, big life moments. And um, it's not always about winning. No. Know? It's not all about 
winning Olympic gold or Commonwealth gold or world records for me, you know, that's it was cool. It was what I wanted to do. But I think as a as a as a human being, those moments were bigger than probably winning anything. Magic, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and as always. I hope you continue to be you. <laughs> be you. Always be you. And thanks for having to, well, thanks for having me on your podcast. My, I really enjoyed it. My pleasure. It's just been such a privilege. Thank you. Yeah, pleasure. Yay. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for um, coming along for this conversation with Megzi. She's just such a she's just such a ray of sunshine and you can obviously you heard her story it was tough I mean some of the hardest things that people face and experience in life is loss of loved ones and she's had that happen twice in her life and you know that changes you it changes how you look at the world it changes how you experience things and you know the fact that she's gone on to be who she is as a person and you know is continuing to strive and you know find things that she's passionate about I just I don't know I just find her incredibly inspiring and yeah joyful to kind of watch in life after sports so I really hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did as always at all that glitters pod uh, on Instagram and DM me if you have any ideas about people you'd like me to speak to otherwise we've got some really exciting guests coming up And thank you. I'll see you next week. Have a great week.